0: hello my wanderers before we get going with this episode of the podcast i do just want to remind you guys to check out our other social medias the youtube the instagram the teespring to get that swag make sure to check us out individually zach gray of quartz lake zach gray the Rugaroo. make sure you check out myself reverend marcus all that fun stuff The links are below in the bio. Um, All you got to do is click that bio, look for it, and boom, you're on your way. Make sure if you guys want to be part of the podcast or questions to be heard on the podcast, email us at wanderingwayspodcast at gmail.com or quartzlakeproductions at gmail.com. We love the feedback. We love the input. All of it is amazing. And we love you guys for listening. It's awesome. So let's keep wandering on.
1: And at first, we're like, well, of course not. Those are <laughs> replicas. You know, the real ones, they, they got rid of. And he's like, no, I don't mean it like that. I mean, there's no way they use canoes like that. We're like, what are you talking about? These big wooden canoes? Yeah.
2: how you doing my guy oh man talking over each other that's how this technology works doesn't it (laughs) what's up how you been you know good i just got back from wolf point um beautiful middle of nowhere montana as i like to also refer to it as oh yeah yeah got a snowstorm got one of those famous october snowstorms in montana 16 inches here in billings montana
0: Is there still snow out your window now?
2: Yeah. Shoot. Yeah, I, well, it's dark right now, but like the roads and stuff are all melted off. But the problem is, is when you get these like 30 degree days, 40 degree days, then it drops down in the 20s, 10s, black ice on the roads, all the roads uh, when that snow melts. But yeah, we got, on Sunday, there were 16 inches. Rain,
0: dear. It's been raining. It's supposed to keep raining. Um, But you know, that's, it's well, Oregon weather. The rain. We, everyone knows the rain's coming, and I think it's
2: finally coming. <laughs> there you go. That I mean, this is kind of one of those interesting snowstorms that came down from uh, Canada, and it just stayed. The snow really stayed on the eastern front of the Rockies, so like out in Wolf Point, they got snow, but they got a dusting that was gone by uh, Saturday, so. Oh, nice. It was kind of cool, too, on my drive back, I was driving and i saw um a those telephone wires right And you know some telephone wires have the big like canisters on them that you know whatever they do they do something electrical yeah (laughs) i'm driving and like i'm looking at these ones i'm like okay like that one has two on it like on each side all these other ones don't have any i'm like oh what's up you know I'm, as i'm driving it's so flat and so you could see for miles so you can see it like all right there's something on that i get by driving it two golden eagles oh just snap. hanging out i didn't know they hung out and sat like that out there yeah and i'm like oh my gosh these just they're big big yeah, dude. They, that's what i thought <laughs> <Yeah>. they're big <laughs> and i was like that's why i thought they were canisters up on those things because like okay yeah, yeah like transformer box whatever and i was just like no way and Dang. Was like, that's cool that was a cool experience yeah that would be that'd be really cool uh, yeah. that's my wolf point man always birds i hit another bird on that road oh yeah that's right you texted me saying you killed another <laughs> bird it fly it was flying this one this one wasn't running like the last one shoot poor guy i don't, don't want to do it but like don't fly into my car yeah, the, that, the
0: guy that put down Harambe said the same thing. I don't want to do it.
2: <laughs> no one wanted. Uh, R.I.P. Harambe. You know, I've, I live in Cincinnati. I've been to the Cincinnati Zoo. That's murder. You just <laughs> murder Harambe. That kid wanted to be in the cage. If anything, ban that kid from the zoo and let Harambe stay. Right.
0: <laughs> I'm a poor guy. No, uh, you know my my weekend was actually low key, pretty cool. huh. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I went mushroom hunting. Yeah, mushroom hunting, which you know uh, I've been. I love mushrooms. Uh, as you guys probably all know, from if you check out my uh, Instagram or have listened to this podcast, you've heard me talk about mushrooms once or twice.
2: Well, I, I I see that you you were going to cook these ones. They, they oh we did. They, yeah, that's put them on a
0: nice uh, steak. Hadn't actually, I think it was elk we had it on. Oh yeah, that's no. Hard. We uh, what did we do? We caught we or we didn't catch. Uh, we found like three lobster <clears throat> lobster mushrooms. <clears throat> Sorry, oh, we had like three lobster mushrooms, which you know about like I don't know, pretty decent size to be real. And then shoot, we had like 12, twelve, fifteen chanterelles, which are super yummy. Um, we just found this one really sweet spot and like got all of them in that one spot, you know. It was my first time going. Um, so I never really identified chanterelles before. Um, so it was kind of cool. It's a lot easier than I thought it would be to I think once you know what they look like, you know what they look like. The lobster mushrooms are super easy <clears throat> to see and what know what they are but <clears> throat> super throat> super
2: delicious for sure. How would I how 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 would I know? What, what, what
0: um some- so yeah, and I mean I don't want to give out <clears throat> too much cuz <clears throat> gosh dang it I'm going to take another sip of water. So I got something. Maybe it's covid in my throat.
2: No, exactly right. There we go. You uh, get that water down.
0: Come on, now, bud. No, uh, so they kind of fan out, and uh, chanterelles fan out a little bit. Not like as big as my hands are going, but they're like fan out, and they have not gills, but like ribs as they like kind of round, and they have ribs that run down and there's things called false chanterelles which look identical to them except the ribs that come down have like a very distinct line that they like stop at actual chanterelles kind of they don't have that real distinct line in them and so you know that's and they're kind of like an orangish brown color to it um it's one of those things for sure once you see like a couple and stuff like you can pick it up like that and then the lobster ones they're kind of like a bright red kind of meaty little
2: thing um yeah, and you're holding your hands out yeah. on the video screen here what how big would you say that is like in comparison? um
0: you know the first one i found i'd say it's probably like you know an inch wide to like a couple inch and a half two inches long type deal okay and it's kind of just like a meaty little ball almost or like little i don't know oval kind of feel they're kind of cool so no that was a ton of fun and then literally the next day went up to washington and uh went climbing for the steamer climbs
2: oh wow what a weekend
0: i know right and those i mean like anybody can do that one you know like razor climbing which we do a lot out here on the oregon coast you got to find the hole right you got to dig kind of quick so that way you can get them before they get away these take a knife or a rake walk out and like the muddiness and just start going like i had a knife like old kitchen knife type deal been over, I just start cutting in the line like these lines, and you go until you hear like a rock, and you you just kind of dig it out and if it's an inch, which is about the size of the middle knuckle separation, it's a keeper. You get like forty of them, you know we ended wow. up getting like two hundred and forty for the day between everyone getting their limit.
2: Wow, look at you going yeah.
0: out there ate those guys up that night. they were a delicioso.
2: Oh man! Living the coasty life out there in the north Pacific Northwest,
0: yeah, it is very coasty,
2: which is actually kind of exciting um in the Pacific Northwest' because you know we have some things that are cooking up up there, coming up for the future for our folks listening uh live, as well as um our our guest we're going to have a guest on today, yeah and he was recently in the Pacific Northwest for the first time, I believe. Um, well, first time out actually in California, uh,
0: yeah. I don't know where he was if you count that really Pacific Northwest.
2: Some people do, some people count cal- uh Northern not, California, do it's not the Oregonians or the Washingtons, Washingtonians, it's, it's the Northern California and Californians that call themselves uh part of the Pacific Northwest. So that's why I threw it out there, folks.
0: Yeah, no, but anyways, our guest is
2: um i i mean you know him why don't you give the intro you know this man goes back uh, to my days working at pompey's pillar um you, you know he was the closest one in the age with me uh while we were out there we you know we would go out we'd go, he was there on my 21st birthday to you know at the bars um uh, we'd go out and do all the fun things in montana that we could do he's actually one of the big reasons that i push uh go out and do something and when I was living in Cincinnati forced myself to do something every weekend because he was doing that out here in Montana when he lived out in Montana uh, he would say I'm going to Yellowstone Park this weekend I'm going to Glacier this weekend I'm going to this National Forest this weekend I'm going to this state park that weekend and that to me you know got me going on that and I I really appreciate thanking for it and he's what we call a career park ranger because he's making his career in the parks um, i just want to welcome on you know your next future stay-at-home dad alexander johnson park ranger yeah uh, before we jump to it you know check him out he runs
0: the social media for the national forest he works at uh the hoosier national rainforest or national forest in uh indiana so yeah. check it out at, at u.s forest service slash hoosier national forest so u.s F O R E S T S E R V I C E Hoosier National Rain or National Forest H O O S I E R N A T I O N A L F O R E S T I really hope I spelled Hoosier right
2: I'm not 100% on that one but so if, if 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 he did, you can go ahead and shout out uh, us on any of our social medias. We'll hap- happily send you a link, or you could email us at quartzlakeproductions at gmail.com or wandering ways podcast at gmail.com, W A N D E R I N G W A Y S P O D C A S T at G M A I L dot C O M. And uh, we will respond we'll give alexander a big shout out and he said go ahead and send him a message and say we love the parks and he'll know it's you he'll know we sent you. We'll sent, we said sent, sent you to him <laughs> yeah no but super
0: excited Um, uh, get talking super great um you know but i mean shoot you got anything before we jump into this puppy <laughs> ah, i'm
2: ready let's go this is exciting
0: <laughs> all right let's bring it on alexander the park ranger so ranger alexander
2: to welcome you to uh the wandering ways podcast um you know and uh maybe just give give our listeners a brief example of who you are what you do what you've done um yeah just give us a little little background
1: absolutely yeah so yeah first of all thanks for having me i'm glad to be a part of this and um yeah so i currently (laughs) i am a um you know, the, the federal government always d- that decides to make things a little more difficult, so I am a visitor services information assistant is my technical term. Basically, I'm an interpretive ranger, so that's what I do for my, live, for, uh, my career. I work on the Hoosier National Forest in southern Indiana. Uh, live, now I'm living in Kentucky with my wife, so I just cross the Ohio River every morning and 20, 30 minutes. I'm at I'm at the I'm at the ranger district at the office. Um, our forest is a little over two hundred thousand acres. Uh, mainly, you think Indiana, you know, think you think like cornfields and flatlands and kind of just ugly. But it's way in the southern part, so it's not that. Um, it's more ravines and valleys and some good-sized hills, nothing like the Rockies, of course, and not even close, but, um, you know, kind of the real foothills of the Apple, almost the Appalachians, so you're getting, starting to get some hills. Um, Do you get the well, colors
0: in the trees this time of year?
1: Yeah, so our our, our fall colors are going off right now. Um, probably, I think they call them peepers, you know, that people are calling in and asking, hey, can I come see your Come see the leaves and stuff now so so, <laughs> so hell yeah come visit you know um uh yeah so it, it's fun i've been on the forest for now about two and a half years before that i worked at pompey's pillar national monument out in. i'm sure you you know you talked about it some out in the, <laughs> just uh outside of billings montana where yeah. i met zach and gosh it was probably well three three and a half, four summers out there,
2: yeah,
1: so Mr. I love that, and before that was school- uh, an internship, and before that schooling for this type of work, so that's kind of been my life dedication is to do something like this, so i'm I'm you know I, I kind of feel that feeling of you know you, you enjoy what you do, you don't work a day in your life, so oh, I feel
0: that what kind of uh,
1: schooling
0: do you get for like part being a park ranger and all that
1: yeah um so it's pretty broad luckily they're pretty flexible like with their requirements but for someone who's really interested in it um if they're hoping to get like into the parks you know a history is a good base because a lot of all the parks have some type of history that has a interpreter you're gonna be asked to share. And that's that's the goal. If if you want to do this job, that's what you're hoping to do anyway, is to share the the culture, not the history and the culture, the cultures that utilize the area. Um, so history is a great one. Um kind of you know pub anything in the public facing. So like even a public affairs type, you know, degree type of thing or even not necessarily degree but background. Um, is very beneficial
0: nice that sounds uh it sounds like something where if you really enjoy it it could be a lot of fun
1: absolutely and every day is different um that that's good that's a good thing you know you never there are some days that might drag on a little bit like anything but for the most part every day is a little different and you never know you know there's some people you interact with that, are you're just you don't <laughs> you hate to say, it, but you're like, man, I just wish you weren't here. But they are few and far between. Most people you interact with are just great, um, and you never know where the day's going to head with <laughs> interacting with the public. So, oh,
0: I bet I bet so. you get a wide variety vera- <laughs> or wide range of you know questions and comments oh, where yeah. you're just like oh i don't know how the heck you get out of bed every morning to like oh man that was actually a real thoughtful question
1: right yep yep you come through the full the full spectrum for sure
2: that one i I, i've used it as an example before but you were i you were there Mm -hmm. for the canoe question so yes go ahead you can explain the canoe that the the, why why it's a (laughs) Universe, and then go into it a little bit I'm, this yeah. is of those people in the parks this is one of those stories <laughs> that i can't believe it happened
1: <laughs> yeah th- sometimes you get questions or comments where you really you have to think not because it's like a thought-provoking question but really you don't know how to answer because it's so ridiculous <laughs> there's <laughs> really no other way to put it yeah so zach and i we were you know a big part of of uh, the position at Pompey's pillar was, um, giving interpretive tours and programs, um, whether it be for school kids, you know, school groups coming out or, uh, just your average visitor. And, you know, you, you, get, you get a full, like we said, a full range of questions, but one person, one time we, we, yeah, we, me and Zach and others, we, um, made replica dugout canoes, um, for uh yeah because like lewis and clark used them so you know out of big old cottonwood trees we carved those those guys up and chopped them out and put them on display and on one tour uh, an individual asked or stated that hey you know lewis and clark use those canoes and at first we're like well of course not those are (laughs) replicas you know the real ones they, they got rid of and he's like no i don't mean it like that i mean there's no way they use canoes like that. you are you talking about these big wooden canoes? He goes, yeah, but wood does not float. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's things like that where you're just, you, you almost question what you know, because when someone is, and they were, he was so adamant about it. He, he was so sure of himself that you question yourself, wait a minute, yeah. does wood float? oh wait a minute yeah I've seen it a million times so so, yeah it it was uh, you know it's one of those things you're just like well sir it it, it does and if you don't believe us you know there's we worked right next to the Yellowstone River there's a river 200 feet away you can go there and stand there for five minutes and you'll see big old trees floating down but (laughs) you know it's, it's those things that throw you off for sure but yeah, it, it makes it enjoyable.
0: Those, you know, if you say it with enough confidence, almost <laughs> anybody will believe it type deal.
1: Absolutely, yeah. You know, it's it's like running for office or something. Just say whatever you want and it'll work. <laughs> <laughs> no, those,
2: oh my gosh. I mean, like there would be times we'd be giving tours and the people, you know, sometimes it'd be like a tour of 30 people or a tour of two people. hmm it would be so varied and sometimes you just get those people that want to just talk to you about them themselves yeah. and you're like I'm giving a guided tour here <laughs> <laughs> like I yes don't care about your kids or your family or this
1: yeah <laughs> and, and, and that's problems. still one thing even you know doing this now for probably about 5 6 years now that's still one thing that kind of I have trouble with like I'm fine with giving a tour and or any type of program and really explaining it well to different groups but when someone starts to interject i still have trouble with like you know if it's other than a basic question something you're kind of expecting um but yeah when they start just going on this completely different tangent about their lives and <laughs> their interests and stuff that you know quite honestly i I'm gonna forget when you leave in 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. It does it throw you
0: You gotta be pretty good at like public speaking then, if you're giving all these tours and stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, and I never really thought I would be, um, because like growing up, like I, you know, I, I was an energetic kid, and through high school and college and stuff, but I never really took the reins and did any type of public speaking. I hated going, you know, I hated class presentations. Um, but I think I've learned that it's because when I get to talk about this stuff, it's stuff that I am passionate about. It's stuff that I enjoy. You know, when you're told you're going to have to talk about something completely random that you've never heard of before and you got a week to prepare it. Yeah. And you know nothing about it. it's not And it's not fun. But when you get to talk about, you know, you know history or wildlife or you know nature and things like that that really for me personally is fun and it just comes naturally like I still hate whenever we have like meetings in the office and I'm asked to talk in front of people I still people and I tell co-workers that and they say really but you do so I'm like because it's not I'm not passionate about it and there's also the thought of you know I know all these people I'm gonna have to see in tomorrow when it's a visitor you and I are probably never going to see him again. So yeah,
2: <laughs> you
1: know, totally.
0: Um yeah. I was I was um, listening to a story, and this guy out here in Oregon, he used to give like a be on a bus tour, uh, and then like around Mount Hood area, and they would get to this one part of the tour, you know, first tour of the day to be like, it's Mount Hood off your right, It's at eleven 1, hundred and twenty nine or two hundred ninety three feet elevation. And get to the next uh, next uh, tour, and he'd be like, "All right, there's Mount Hood, and we got it's at an elevation of thirteen hundred ninety four feet." Just every time he'd switch it up because it, one, <laughs> he didn't know, but two, he's like, you know, they're different people every time, so it's like, why well, <laughs> you just want yeah. to ring it?
1: <laughs> yep, they don't know what I said last time.
2: <laughs> yeah. They don't yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: They don't
2: best part i mean the the visitors are what makes it fun
1: yeah
2: um like i think that's what you know because you i think where you where you were talking about having those those people that you work with that you're like oh gosh i don't like them right like those are the people that you're working with every day because you're seeing them every day so you have those Mm -hmm. really those moments whatever but it's the it's the it's the new faces the new people from all over they have their own experiences um you know being native american myself there was a few times that it was like, wow, you're the first native person I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Let me ask all these questions. And you're like, I, "I, my voice isn't big enough to speak for all of us, but here's what I know. Here's what I can tell you. And it mm-hmm. is so cool. I think that's, I, I'm glad that that's one of the favorite things that you have in your job. And,
1: yeah. You know, it's cool. It's cool. And, you know, it just kind of reminds me, it's real neat the experience I got to work with um, with you um, and your and with your family you know us becoming friends and getting to meet your family and learn from them and then also the job you know itself allowing me to work with different native american groups in montana was something i had never done before in my life um you know central illinois is where i grew up i mean of course there's a lot of history a lot of native history there but not a lot of of um remains you know there's not a lot of people remaining in that area um, from that from that type of background, they've you know either been uh, killed off or, or forced moved force moved away from that area. Um, so that was that was a very eye opening experience for me and something that I thoroughly enjoyed. And it's kind of cool. And my new posi- my position here on this forest, I get to work closely with some tribes of the area, like the Potawatomi. And the Miami and the Delaware are there's we 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 are um, are the Hoosier National Forest is um, uh, what the area of the Hoosier National Forest is today was historically used um, and, and historically an uh, important land to nine different uh, fairly recognized tribes. So we work with all of them. But there's three or four that really are involved and, you know, they they come and do events and do a lot of cool stuff on forests and work with our archaeologists and stuff. So that's something that it started in Montana it was my first exposure to it. And since then, I, I still get to work, you know, with those people and, and it's it's really cool to get di- all these different viewpoints and um, histories that really I didn't learn about, you know going to school and stuff I learned t- tons of stuff to give programs and I do give programs on a lot of history on the forest but then I learned from these the the they the tribal historians or the elders themselves and they talk to me and like hey here's some things you know if you want to talk about us something you know here's what we we would find acceptable for you to speak about so yeah it's it's cool I really like that aspect of still getting to learn new things while yeah. i'm working
0: i was gonna say that seems like one of the cooler parts of the job that you do is you probably learn you know you you've learned a ton in your schooling but then once you get actually into the field yourself it seems like you're continually learning and that's something i like about what i do uh, i work in the sports medicine field mm-hmm. but you know i i learn stuff all the time and so I think that's a cool aspect of a job and yeah. it seems like you enjoy the learning aspect of it.
1: Definitely. Definitely do. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, you know, and getting to meet new people, like we kind of already hinted it at the visitors, but also the, the partners that we work with. Um, and that's one of the cool things and not just my forest, but any, I think if anyone were to ever get involved, you know, in this type of work throughout the country, there's so many opportunities, um, and so many different places to go. I mean, it's really broadened my horizons. Um, I had never been out. I mean, growing up, I never went out West. And then I all of a sudden I'm working in Wyoming and Montana. Um, I worked about, well, it's probably been about two or three weeks now. I was out in California helping with the wildfires out there. That was my first ever wildfire, um, detail to 16 days um uh, are you
0: out here for or out in california for the recent fires
1: yes so i was at the the august complex the one that's happening still going on um in redding outside of redding california yeah um it's a little over a million acres burned now and containment last i checked containment was only around 70 percent so they're saying, you know, up there they're probably not going to go out till it snows. Um, but I, I was never, you know, in danger or anything. I, I helped with logistics and dispatch and radio operations. But just seeing how a, a fire camp operates and how, what goes into wildland firefighting, it, it was just another great learning experience. Um, you know, it was good for me. I felt productive. I felt like I was helping, and again, met so many great people that have that shared a lot of their experiences with me. People that have been fighting fires for decades. You know, got to talk with them and say, "Yeah, this is my first one ever," and now working with someone who's done it for thirty years. You know, so it's it, really cool. It is. Uh, you get a lot of opportunities
0: yeah i want to kind of go touch into the whole firefighting thing Mm -hmm. um because honestly i think it's kind of legit um but like kind of what exactly if you can go into a little bit more detail of what you did to help out with those fires while you were over there
1: sure so um basically every year whenever local resources are not sufficient they'll send out a call uh Throughout throughout the whole country, Um, for any resources to go and help, um, the Forest Service, like I work for, a Forest Service has a lot. Has a actually is um, literally the largest standing firefighting, you know, firefighting team in the world. Um, There's over twenty. There's about thirty thousand plus Forest Service employees, and about twenty thousand of them are qualified to do some type of help whether even if it's not frontline you know digging line pulling hose something like I did you know like helping with dispatch there's about 20,000 of us that have some type of um yeah it's it's amazing and it's not just the forest service though you know it's BLM like when we work for the Bureau of Land Management they have a large group National Park, even National Park people in the National Park Service do it. Different, and all the states have their own state wildland fire as well. But um, for me, what I did was I flew out um, to Sacramento and then drove up from Sacramento up to Reading. and um, we uh, did dispatch and helped move medics around. So we had on-call medics that were stationed at different, they call them drop points, where they drop off all the um, firefighters for the day, and then they hike into where vehicles cannot access. And, we, and we're constantly on call. If anyone gets injured, we, we, we take all the information down, and we dispatch medic, the closest medic to them, and then we have to figure out, do they need just an ambulance ride or do they need to, you know, be airlifted out of there or what? Um, so that was a big part of it. I, I had to run some medicals where people got injured and I had to, you know, get in contact of ambulances and stuff. Luckily, nothing big that I had to deal with, just like a, I think, a hyperextended knee, probably like a torn MCL or something. They had to carry the guy out and then another one was a minor head laceration, but he was conscious and everything, so, but I had, you know, send in the ambulance and stuff, so that was part of it, and then the other part was getting to go out to where, um, like, radio repeaters are, and helping, um, you know, the the weather out there, especially with the, with the fire, even though they're on, you know, tall areas where it's rocky, and they're not going to burn, the high winds that, the natural winds and then the winds that the fire create just damage the heck out of them. So it would go up there sometimes and repair uh, radio towers and, and um, put up new receivers and stuff to make sure that all the communications on the fire were, were going smoothly. Um, I got, i say I got to, I actually enjoyed it. I worked the night shift. So I worked from like 6 PM to like 8 AM all night. And it was actually pretty busy. A lot because a lot of them at that time, a lot of back burning is done where they set fire on purpose. So certain areas don't burn uncontrollably.
0: Yeah.
1: And, st- and protecting structures and stuff. So it was busy. It was nonstop. Um, I had a, about a day total, you know, adding up all the hours into about one day to like explore a little bit. So I did get to see some parts of Northern California, but. Most of the time it was either work or sleep. So
0: Yeah. Uh but it went I mean, by quick. I, it lived, was like quick. I lived in the Humboldt area for the last three years. So I mean I know that the fires can do that area, man. And I mean the fact that you went out out you're all the way and um you know you said you live in Kentucky right now, working mm-hmm. in Indiana, flying out to help the people in California, that's awesome, man. I can't thank you thank enough. You. I know I know how the how the fires are up there. So or down there now for me, but, you know, yeah. any, it, it's, it's awesome that, you know, everybody from around the country can come and help out when we yep. as Americans need it, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a really good, you know, you forget about everything. I mean, political affiliation, race, sex, gender, whatever it has. I mean, everyone, it's a team, it's a huge team and all that stuff's put on the back burner and it, and it's a really good community. I mean, in those camps and stuff everyone's got each other's back at least from what i saw you know yeah and what i continue to hear is you know i mean you got a rotten egg every or you know a rotten apple here and there but most of those peak guys guys and gals out there doing that work they just it, it that's it's you got each other's back it's great
2: it's yeah, a real awesome.
1: um upli- you know it sucks to see the world burned but at the same time it's really uplifting to see all these people from different backgrounds coming together to right. get the job done
0: yeah that's no, I and mean, that's awesome that is for sure something it sounds like it was pretty
2: cool um learning experience for you yeah. definitely were you able to see the two denny's there in uh in Reading? <laughs> They're right there, right off the interstate, right across the street from one another, those two Denny's.
1: You know what's funny? I did not see that, but there was a guy, one of the guys I worked with, he, he was a he was a food connoisseur, I think. But he's like, there's like two Denny's like right next to each other. <laughs> I, I never saw it, but it's funny you say that because some guy did say that. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you can like just pick which one you want to go to.
2: It's literally because I've only drove, driven through Reading, but we were on the interstate and it's like, Oh, there's one on that side of the interstate and there's one on that side of the interstate. <laughs> yeah.
0: Literally the interstate I five, it's what splits them. Mm-hmm. But there is a road that connects the two. So even though oh. if you're just staying on the interstate, you're you can maybe say, Oh, maybe you have to go up and around type deal. But like, no, there's a tunnel that goes underneath the interstate. Like if you wanted to get a <laughs> apple pie at one and hop over for the, I don't know, the Big slam scramble, whatever they got (laughs) together, you could.
1: (laughs) That's awesome. That is pretty damn funny, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's
2: like, all right, sure. Now, Northern California is cool. I'm glad you got to go out there. Uh, I'm disappointed you didn't go get to go over to the redwoods a little bit because, yeah, you and nature and knowing you personally, it's one of those places. Like I took Tyler there for the first time uh, to visit Mark here in August, and just the like oh my god wow looking around looking at these trees and just feeling like an ant but like yeah also being like those aren't just big trees but they're big trees you know? <laughs> like, yeah and you get you would get it you know and and <laughs> it's just, yeah it's i hard definitely
1: hard. want to go sometime and just I s see awesome. there's a thing uh on the news and then facebook and stuff it's all on the Social media is the, I guess, a big-ass tree, like, washed up on shore, I think on the Pacific coast. Like, and it's, it's a huge tree, and there's people, like, going to see it now. And, yeah. and I don't know if it's Washington or Oregon. It's one of the two.
2: Well, Mark's I mean, that really narrows it down, I know. but <laughs> yeah, over there, though, he's in <laughs> Seaside, which is that north corner of Oregon on the coast. He's just gotta go up and down. Yeah,
1: yeah, you look for it, you'll see it. But <laughs> but yeah, they showed some guy like six foot guy standing next to it and you're like you said, he looks like a dang ant. You know, it's just
2: Oh my gosh. Wow oh yeah, I bet. We're he's googling it right now. I can see it the reflection. Very good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying. It says there's yeah, a tree. that washed up
0: about a year ago, one washed up in Washington.
1: Do you ever see what have you ever seen whales like a beached whale?
0: Uh no, I've never seen a beached whale. But so like where I live in uh in Oregon right now, it's like right next to the Columbia River, Astoria, the mouth into the Pacific Ocean. Okay. And like the last few years, um, they've had like whales actually like come up the river like a, like a decent ways which has been like really odd they even had a great white shark do the same thing a couple <laughs> oh, of years ago shoot. and it, it's it's weird because like it's that mixture of brackish like salt water. and water combined so i i had no idea they could live in that mixture of
1: water. yeah uh, what'd you call it zach brackish brackish, brackish. Oh, yeah that's that's crazy
2: the only reason I, I do that is because I bought some crabs, some like freshwater. They're called freshwater crabs. Like yeah. Walmart, Walmart was able to sell fish. Now <laughs> they don't anymore. <laughs> I looked it up online, and it was like, no, these fish need that, or these crabs need like that salt mixture in there, and it's brackish, is what they call it.
1: Huh. So, I know? That's so cool.
2: Yeah, brackish. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right. Um, no, I've never seen a whale wash up on the beach seen a ton of seals that have washed up like uh dead ones before um i'm trying to think if i've seen anything else cool to wash kayak up on the beach. Next
2: to those whales
0: no i didn't kayak um we went whale watching um when we were up in canada oh. and i mean we got really close to them for sure they were uh they were like hunting seals and I didn't even know this until the gal that was like the she was a biologist doing all the talking on our whale watching thing she said you can tell when they get the seal because you start smelling cucumber in the air and sure as heck you do smell like cucumber it's like a cucumber smell that you like it's it's weird you never would think like See, like a seal getting chomped smells like cucumber
1: <laughs> it's actually pleasant
0: <laughs> yeah right out of all the things you would think like you know you got like, like cucumber water smell
1: <laughs> wow that's weird you know what i don't think i've ever seen that i'd like to see not dead i'd like to see it alive is uh, uh, sea otters oh my but I've seen I've seen a lot of river otters, but I have never seen a live sea otter. Unless when I was little, we saw it at an aquarium or something. I don't remember that.
2: They are beautiful creatures.
0: Yeah, uh, I've only ever seen them in a zoo or. something. The
2: Portland Zoo had one that uh, he enjoyed pleasuring himself. <laughs> like that was like a thing. Like when he died, they're like, "Yeah, it was one of those things." I have a picture of this otter, and he's just looking at his himself. Like, yeah. <laughs> That was just him. That's awesome. Frank or whatever his name was, or Eddie. Something simple. (laughs) But
1: but you got you feel if you were someone that went and he started doing it, make you feel good about yourself. Like wow, an otter's pleasuring (laughs) himself to me. That's awesome.
0: (laughs) He like he thinks I'm cute.
2: (laughs) That was the thing. Like he did it all the time. It was like what a, he gets his fish a day, His is four square fish today or whatever it is you know
1: Oh my god that's cool you
0: know, it's like when you see those chimpanzees at the zoos that fling their poop at the visitors <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah Oh my god it's Portland's version There's the Portland's
2: yeah. I was there you gotta ch-
1: change it up a little bit there
2: <laughs> No No I don't know I I've seen them once or twice out on the ocean I was in Washington I want to say and you know, from where I was seeing, they're just little dots swimming around. Yeah, like they—they're cute. They're, <laughs>
1: yeah, they look—they're cute. They're adorable. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, so, they do. They look adorable.
1: Speaking of cute animals, are you pumped for the Pac-12 to start soon and the beeves?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Mark was also a mascot. Oh,
1: so, were you? I know that. Yeah,
0: I
2: know you were Benny. Yeah,
0: yeah th- we were both uh mascots while we were
2: down there oh awesome you actually got right there <laughs> is one of the benny jerseys i framed it finally really hang up <laughs> it's over there yeah that's great no it well, was a it was a fun little time uh it'll be interesting watching them start up football here kind of late in the season with yeah other teams playing who they play i you know college football is college football and i think they kind of ruined this season by the way it rolled out as corporate yeah. but go bees right eh?
1: <laughs> there there you go
2: <laughs> Well, my parents actually moved back to Oregon so they, were, they yeah they're excited they bought a house and or a little farm out there and uh they're just kind of living that life but uh I know they're excited for all the football stuff i'm still i'm the only one left here in montana it feels like
1: wow yeah you got a roommate? Oh, well, Thea? <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, you got a good. That's a good roommate. <laughs>
0: the fiance, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: no, she's good. Um, living the dream. Uh, she's working, so she's, she's kind of doing a. So she works up in a rural hospital up on the uh, Fort Peck Reservation in Wolf Point, where she's from. Um, so she'll work there like eight or six days on, and then she'll have eight days off.
1: So she'll come. Okay. Here. Gotcha. You, you that's get cool. Through
2: right doesn't you you know Kelsey does that too right
1: yeah she does three 12s oh and then she gets four days off
2: that's not
1: bad yeah it it works out pretty well is she doing back to back almost always
2: because that's what yeah so so she's doing the same thing Thea does where it's like six days on eight days off yeah yep game rotation yeah
1: the only time she doesn't is if yeah schedules are weird and they need really need someone on a particular day because they're going to have a lot of surgeries or whatever then they'll be like hey we don't need you this day you've got to come in this day instead so
2: Monday.
1: but yeah for the most part it's three in a row
2: yeah. so
1: four day weekends all the time you can't beat that,
2: yeah, right? you that? <laughs> i know the park i know at the blm we did that where they give us those we work four tens so we'd have a yes
1: three. i i miss that so <laughs> a lot <laughs> a lot of a lot of positions in uh, like on the force I work in on still do that where a lot of people go do four tens but my position cannot do that because in addition to all my other duties I am technically the backup for the front desk so like if the main front desk person is sick has to call in sick or you know, ask for a day off or something, then I'm usually the first go-to to to cover the front desk. Granted, we haven't had a front desk. We're still in a COVID protocol. So we don't, our offices are like half open. Like people are going in for some work, but our offices are not open to the public right now. Um, Still, um, I mean, we check phone messages every day you know like we call in get the messages and call out and I'll help with that a little bit mainly our front desk person does that um so and answering all the emails and stuff so we're still servicing the public it's just no one can come into the office now um yeah we're still on a max telework and that's been kind of kind of frustrating so I've been working a lot you know, that's kind of forced me to try some ingenuity with um, doing virtual things like Zoom through. Zoom with, like, cl- you know, classrooms and um, college visits that way. And then just random programs for anyone who wants to watch, who wants to tune in and watch. So it's been hit and miss, you know, sometimes I'll log on and, you know, well, schoolroom, they're kind of forced to watch me. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, these other ones, sometimes I'll get a hundred people viewing it at one time. And then sometimes it's like one person. It's <laughs> just like, well, oh, well.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have a brother-in-law that teaches high school Spanish. Sounds like um, It sounds like they get that and these kids are supposed to be in school, you know, type. It could be one, it could be a hundred.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: So, it sounds like you know, the Zoom schooling is just a headache for people
1: uh there i mean it's not terrible for me to do it for like 40 minutes you know but god yeah i can't imagine being a teacher or some other educational professional professional and just doing it day after day all day long there's that's got to be just top draining
0: this mm-hmm. Episode of the podcast is brought to you by Hydrate or didrate. uh Because you got not drink water, people. Hydrate. If you don't hydrate, you're gonna dehydrate. So please hydrate or didrate. uh Joy, listening.
2: Yeah. No. Man, yeah. We uh, do too with our work. I mean, we we were we've been kind of doing it regardless before COVID. Even we'd have Zoom and like Skype business and those type of chats just because with agencies in new york or san diego or wherever they're at so it was kind of one of those for us so i'm, I'm like yeah i get it we you get it. how to make it work
1: <laughs> hey a little side note i gotta tell you something mm-hmm. uh ever since i moved to kentucky i have fallen in love with bourbon so yes you have i think <laughs> you guys need to get a bourbon sponsor all
0: right hey uh-huh. i'm all for it i've so. never never really uh drank in much of it, but you know I've heard it's amazing out there, so you know it is.
2: i went to when I was living in Cincinnati, I did that bourbon trail you know like, yeah it is. they i just did one of the stops and it was the, oh. one, the one in lexington it was kind of like a newer <laughs> bourbon like it was just like oh look, there's one, let's do it. My roommate was with me in the car, yeah, and uh I don't like. Hard alcohol. I mean, you guys have both seen me not do well with hard alcohol, so yeah.
0: Have you done the bourbon trail down there,
1: Alexander? Um, I've hit spots of it, so I'm kind of in the middle. Like when I, 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 was the same as you guys. I never had it before I moved here, other than maybe someone bought a cheap ass kind and yeah. used use it the same way you use cheap vodka rum you know uh so it definitely is like a technique to actually making it taste good because if you just take a swig of it you're like this is disgusting um but yeah i've done a few there's um one actually in the city we live in we live in owensboro population's about sixty thousand. it's right on the ohio river so it's it's a nice area we love it um but there's one distillery here and then, as you get closer yeah, to like Lexington and louisville, they're just everywhere, and it's it's not quite to the extent, but it's almost like microbreweries where they are just there's just especially when you get into those those two or three counties around louisville it's like there's three or four every you know square mile it seems i mean that's a bit, probably a bit of exaggeration, but it feels like it well, yeah, that's right up. Um,
2: Down there, you guys have those weird, like, this county has alcohol, this one doesn't.
1: Yes. So that was my wife's first question when I said, hey, I want you to move to Kentucky with me. She said, are we moving to a dry county? (laughs) No, I'm not, right? I said, said, no, we're not. She goes, okay, I'll come with you. (laughs) She's like, I'm not moving down there. But But funny. Neither were you,
2: though. Huh? Neither were you, though.
1: Oh, hell no. (laughs) I would have lived, yeah, I would have moved next to the next county but it's funny because mm-hmm. the county next to us was dry up until last year they voted to go like they voted to go wet but <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so they were dry now they're wet but it's weird because it's been they've been wet that, i guess but they've been wet for a year now and there's still like no bar or uh-huh. liquor store in their county there there's a few you know like they'll sell beer at the gas station or the grocery store now but i guess it's just a long probably a very um you know old school process they got to go through you know probably laws haven't changed much since the 1700s or something
0: yeah probably something like that
1: (laughs) (laughs) but no it's cool there there's a lot of stops there's a lot of stops on that on that um on the tour and i've gone to a few like i've hit some big ones like uh evan williams and wild turkey and um oh there's another big uh jim beam i've been to the jim beam one so and they're all beautiful you know like they're on these humongous they're just huge rolling hills just forever forever do you get to like
0: tour the distillery
1: yeah, so mostly what they tend to do. Which one? Did you tour the distillery and then like do a tasting? That's what we tend to do. Yeah,
2: they did that, but they also had beer at the one I went to. So oh. like they did like two parts.
1: Of That's party. cool.
2: Yeah, so I like that part because I drink beer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dang, I want to find that one because yeah, I'm still I'd still more rather have beer than bourbon, but you know I try try to look fancy.
2: <laughs> right <laughs> i hate to do this to your beautiful people in kentucky but every stereotype that i've ever heard about kentucky was proven true that i was there so you know you got the rich crazy you know the rich horse guy the this the i was in a mcdonald's and this family dude like i get it like times are tough People like life sucks and it, it's just what it is but i mean like you this family like walked barefoot into a McDonald's but they like were living out of their van. Oh We were on our way to like uh the Red River Gorge. Mhm. And like like down there
1: like <laughs> Oh yeah. You get
2: that's Kentucky. It's, <laughs> that's oh
1: like, shit. Yeah, there there's a lot of hillbillies around here. I didn't realize it. No, it's it's fine. We live so we live in Owensboro. Our county is called Davies County. Just the south of us is Ohio County. No one says the word Ohio. It's t- apparently too long to say. Everyone just said aha County. Like it's Ohio County. <laughs> like no is- one down here says Ohio. <laughs> and like Louisville, like Louisville,
2: Louisville, like it's Louisville. Like Louisville. Exactly.
0: <laughs> what?
2: I'm just trying to get it out real quick. <laughs> yeah.
1: It is what it is.
2: That's why I was on the north side of the river in Cincinnati.
1: <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, man. And it, it, yeah, there's some funny, funny um, groups of people down here. That's for sure. Some interesting characters. And we went, <laughs> my parents came to visit one weekend, and we decided to go to a barn jamboree. Okay. And it, it was down in High County. And we got down there and it's the barn is probably you know the side of you know a typical barn but you go in and they had folding seats like theater seats that had probably been there since like the 60s or 70s like they were old as could be and there was you know six or seven people up on this little on this little um they made a stage basically out of reinforced um oh what's the sh- those things that people shift ship stuff on
0: um, uh, but the, the um container vans or container no containers
1: like the wood platforms oh yeah. pallets. pallets pallets yes yeah. it was like reinforced pallets and they're just up there <laughs> playing the banjo and the and oh the fiddle oh man it was A something else Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The washboard and the spoons. and. <laughs> oh, that's
0: honestly, that sounds amazing to go to, though.
1: It was it was quite the experience. And yeah. we walked out and talked to some local and my mom's like, you know, she's like, this is so cute. We, you guys do this all the time. And the ladies go, oh, yeah, we're picking on the poach tomorrow. You can come <laughs> pick on the poach with us. Like, do what now? <laughs> picking on the poach. Oh, no, just pick, like what? <laughs> like, my mom looked at me and I go, I think they're picking on the porch tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, I want
0: to know what that meant either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, but you're not wrong. I mean, it's like you hear that, you and it's quick talk, it's a quick, mm-hmm. like, bing, bang, boom, bop, and you're just, yeah, what did that just come out of your mouth? I don't, I, I. I feel dumb for not understanding.
1: Like, <laughs> yeah, because every, everyone else here understands, but I don't.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. Like, first time that happened to me is I went to go tour the Kentucky Derby, you know, because I was like, oh, I got to go see Churchill <laughs> now. Yeah. And I pull in, and, like, I don't know, like, it was the guy parking me in the parking lot. He had maybe three teeth total, and he, he talked like that, that quick, just, you go, back over there, and you're just like, uh, and I looked at him like I like dumb like what what just what just was said to me, and he, he's getting mad, you know, because I'm not listening, I'm not parking, and you're oh my god,
1: uh, yeah, but when it hits you that first time, you're just like, oh man, what is going on here? It's a wave, <laughs> it really is, okay. it's hysterical. Hey, so
0: anyway, I gotta be the guy. I am always the guy here. It seems um, we are reaching the end of our time so uh we do you know our final words and since alexander you've been such an awesome guest and everything we're gonna let you take the first final words anything you want to say at all is your floor you know words of encouragement words of wisdom you can promote yourself promote anything (laughs) just do anything you want my guy
1: awesome yeah i think i'll promote um, you know, one, one thing I get to do a lot for work, I get to promote Smokey Bear. Um, so definitely his message, uh, and but also my other buddy, not as many people know Woodsy Al, um, you know, and I think anyone that, w- that likes to listen to your guys' podcast understand that a big part of it is, you know, how much joy we all get out of, out of what we do, both in our work life but also what we do in in our free time going and exploring and seeing different parts of this great country and stuff and definitely you know that mentality of you know that leave no trace leave, leave it the way you find it make sure the next visitors the next generation comes and gets to see all these wonderful things that our country you know that the natural wonders that our country's been blessed with so that's that's always my Big shout-out, and I really hope, you know, people take the lesson from that. You know, I I learned it um, not at a young age. I actually learned it a little bit later on. I never really had that respect until I got a little bit older. Um, So that's a big thing. I guess the World Series is starting tonight. I think I'm going to root for the Rays. So (laughs) I think I'm going to go for Tampa. Um, I figured that no matter which team wins, that city will have two championships this year because the Lightning won the Stanley Cup and the Lakers won the oh, wow. won the uh, NBA championship. So I'm not going to feel yeah. sorry for either fan base. Yeah. So, but I think I'm going to go. I'm going to say Tampa Bay, and I'm going to say six.
0: Okay, All right. I dig like you here first, people. Tampa Bay and six. <laughs>
2: Uh, no, I think that's a good one. I mean, they are uh, hugely underrepresented with money on that Tampa Bay team. So God, they're, yeah. They're two players on the Los Angeles Dodgers make more than the whole team together. So, I think that's that's I'm going to pick Tampa. I'm going to say, yep. I, you know, I'm going to say in seven.
1: Just seven, to, yeah. Seven. I was going between that. six or seven. So, yeah. I think would be definitely, yeah. final that's...
2: words. Uh, my final words i like alexander's point leave no trace that is a huge thing i like to say leave leave it better than you found it so that the people behind you can enjoy it and leave it even better than they found it and that is something we need to do with our mother earth because you know sometimes we don't we just dig that hole and leave it you know let's fill it in put some grass plant a tree whatever do whatever you got to do to do to do and leave your best mark so that's all I have. Next up is Mark,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Reverends, Final words of wisdom. I'm gonna, besides staying beautiful, everyone out there, thank you so much, and thank you, Alexander. Uh, today was awesome. I uh, really enjoyed the interview today. Can't thank you enough for joining us. Um, I'm kind of just gonna keep piggybacking off you guys as Woodsy the Owl. Leave it away. You, uh, you know, better than you found it. You know, let's let's take care of this earth it does a lot for us it's beautiful it's amazing and we should take care of it you know you you don't treat your stuff bad so treat the world the same way cuz the it's earth ours. is yours so <laughs> um that being said uh peace out everybody